get a cup of coffee in here, please? I didn't make the coffee. This is the problem. I did not make the coffee. Let me make the coffee. Let, leave it to the professionals. Good morning, folks. It's Friday, December 3rd. It's uh, morning, uh, Friday morning. Good morning. Coffee with the dog. Uh, I see that LinkedIn is um, fucking with me. We're not on LinkedIn this morning. Uh, StreamYard is having some problems connecting to Lincoln, LinkedIn, so we're not there. Oh, well, starting off the day in grand fashion. Good morning. Uh, beautiful day out here. Sun is shining a little bit brisk. Winter is in the air here. It fall is gone in here in New York. It's, uh, it's a very cold, shitty uh, weather until probably St. Patrick's Day or shortly after. When spring kicks in, <sighs> becoming a a guy who's going to have to move south, going to have to go south. I just can't take the winters here. It, it's not gotten that bad yet, but thirty degrees, freezing, but not as bad as it's going to get. Say, towards the third week in January, where it gets really bitter. Uh, but I'm just not cut out for it. I never was cut out for it, but the older I get, the the less inclined I am to. Uh, be tolerant of it. So, anyway, good morning. Hope hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Good morning, Kelly. Yes, it is Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. I, you know what? Days mean nothing to me anymore. <laughs> the calendar means nothing. Except that this morning, I'm barraged by a bunch of people who need my help with IT matters. Don't care that I have a show to do. It's urgent. You have to help us out. We're trying to access our webmail. Get somebody else to help with that crap, man. It's it's not it's not my thing. Oh, oh. So you're a uh, May sixth, uh, March sixteenth birthday. I'll remember that. I will put it on my calendar. Uh, good morning, Ken. Um, what does Ken say? I'll take the uh, bone numbing cold over a red state anytime it's slowly turning into a Florida man. Um, are all the warm states red states? I don't know. California, Southern California definitely isn't. I don't think Hawaii is a red state. I'm certain Belize isn't even a state. In the- <laughs> and that's where I'm kind of uh, been thinking about Belize for a long time. Belize, they speak English. They uh Use the American dollar down there, and um, small independent country. Prices are good. Good place to retire to. I've been told. I've been told by a lot of people for many years about that. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I think when you're 65 in New York, you're supposed to mandatory, uh, mandatorily. Is that is that a word? Move to Florida. Uh, 
I I did that when I was fourteen, actually. So I have no desire to go back to Florida. Well, I like. I shouldn't say that. Mainland Florida, I I'm not interested in. The Keys would be uh, nice for me. Ooh, well, yeah, I've got a little bright there. Let's go back to zero. Zero is a better number. I'm a little dark, but okay, I'll live with the darkness. I look better in the dark anyway. The darker it is, the better I look. Anyway, welcome. A lot of, a lot of shit going on today. I'm going to start with um, talking about what a fucking rotten son of a bitch I am. <laughs> The world has corrupted me. No, I was, I was born, I was born from original sin. Um, yesterday, I spent a lot of time talking about abortion, talking about the shit that's in the news. Uh, Jizzy, Jizzy's trial is in the news. Uh, the abortion stuff was in the news, and then there was another abortion case being held. Uh, heard by the Supreme Court yesterday, Mississippi. As I kind of predicted, it, these things are going to start to kind of um, just flourish now. There's going to be lots of these states that are going to try to um, do what Texas did. Anyway, that was in the news. But one thing I didn't talk about, and the thing that very few people have been really talking about, it's been covered in the news, of course, but not to the extent you would expect. And that's a, another school shooting that happened this week. Four people got shot. Three of them died. I didn't even consider it a major major story. Good morning, Craig. Uh, I didn't talk about it. Like I've become numb to it. And I think as a society, we've become numb to it. You know, it wasn't that long ago. Three kids getting shot in school by another uh, kid. We'd be talking about that for a week. People would, it would be like the, the major story, the lead everywhere. Barely, barely even covered now. We've become desensitized to children killing children in school. Like, oh, that again. This is the state of fucking humanity, man. And I, I fall right in there with it. Yesterday, I, you know, if I'm talking about stuff that's going on, current events and stuff, and don't even mention that, I feel like a really dirty person for not even acknowledging. Uh, no, I haven't followed the case. I don't even know much about it. Don't know what what motivation was. What could the motivation be? Uh, it's usually bullying or um, just a lost kid. But the fact that we as a society... Uh, have become so desensitized that it it doesn't even rattle us anymore when kids go to school to kill kids. It's an indictment of all of us, and we're just watching it happen. And every time it, it they don't even bother with the thoughts and prayers anymore. Like the solution used to be, oh, thoughts and prayers. Uh, they figured out that that's not working, but nothing's working. So we gave up even trying. Breaks your heart in a lot of ways. It does. I mean, you know, uh, what can we do about it? We're just going to accept this as a way of life that kids are going to go to school with a chance of being shot up by their classmates. No matter where you are in this country, that's a, a possibility. When you send your children off to school, you have to be concerned with, gee, I hope they make it home okay and not get murdered today. Have a good day. Don't get murdered. 
Here's your lunch money. This is the society we've built and we are sadly accepting. Not very funny stuff for a Friday. I'm sorry. Monday morning, uh, Mike Grief, the comedian, will be joining me at the 10 o'clock hour uh, for some levity. Because I know uh, I'm being a downer when I talk about this stuff. But I'm doing it because I'm hurting over it, man. I really am. Uh, I know I'm showing that and kind of being a smart ass about some of this stuff. But if you have any sense of decency anywhere under all of that stuff, under all the jokes, under all the... Making fun of shit. The fact that kids are killing kids. If that doesn't hurt you, break your heart in some sense. I don't I don't know. I don't think you're human. I'll move on from that. But uh and I want to find out more about that case, obviously. To, just because I feel like I owe it to the victims to know what the fuck happened and why it happened. I don't feel like there's anything I feel totally powerless about it. There's nothing I can do to have any influence on that kind of crap. Uh, the Jizzy trial. Jizzy. I'm going to keep calling it Jizzy, even though I know uh, now I've been corrected enough times that it's Ghislaine, not Jizzlane. <laughs> She's all, she'll always be Jizzy to me. My Jizzy. <laughs> Uh, what is Kelly saying here? It, it's super weird here in KC. It's been 70s all week. Wow. But we look cooler by a weekend. Twyla Dell is the lady from Kansas City who wrote the book about climate change. Name just popped into my head. Twyla Dell wrote a uh, book about climate change. She's from Kansas City. Um, and, um, wrote a book about the different periods of energy use that humanity has gone to i don't recall the name of the book now offhand another senior moment but a very good book but it uh it, it's pivotal around how kansas city is the hub for, for our friend kelly out there uh the hub which america grew around and we don't we don't really kind of acknowledge that but um kansas city was the for a long time um, the dividing line between what was considered wilderness and what was considered civilized parts of America. Uh, so I just brought that up. And so just that fact that Kansas City is now having spring-like or very warm-like, warm fall weather, Indian summer, as they used to call it. Now they have to call it Native American summer. I don't know. Uh, let's see what uh, Craig is saying about shootings. And uh, What's wrong with my mouse here? Don't piss me off, mouse. Uh, active shooter training is part of work in school. It's the same as learning how to use a fire extinguisher. Really? Uh, so if you got kids that are teaching you, uh, oh, wow, that sucks. Well, I can't be that dramatic <laughs> compared to what, uh, and I, I think Craig is probably somewhere on the cusp of the people who uh, went through what I went through in school, too, uh, nuclear bomb training. <laughs> Adam bomb, Adam bomb attack, uh, duck and cover training. Uh, so active sh uh, shooter training for kids in school has to be traumatic and, and scar them for some way, uh, psychic psychically, uh, to have to go through that. I can't, you know, just to put that thought in kids' minds is fucked up. But again, I don't, you know, when I think about it in terms of uh, it's all relative, and what my 
my era did. We were training, we were training to get obliterated by Russians and uh, worrying about the bomb falling. I don't know if you guys did that or, you know, by the time you guys got into school, um, that was history. I don't remember when it stopped, but I know, I think all through my elementary school years, or K through five, uh, we, we practiced duck and cover periodically through the year. Duck and, duck and cover drills, which meant atom bomb, turn off the lights, get under your desk, uh, stick your head between your legs, kiss your ass goodbye uh, kind of stuff. Um, but I'm, you know, wow, sad thing with active shooter training. Uh, what is Ken saying? Yep, we had mandatory yearly active shooter training my last 10 years on the job. I could see that at the, at the FBI. Uh, but for kids in elementary school or even high school, uh, Jesus, it's just fucked up, man. It's a fucked up world in which we live in. We know it's a rich town. I might say, what? Uh, what? Oh. Rich in culture, I mean. Okay, we're talking about Kansas City. Yeah, speaking of Kansas City, have you seen, <laughs> have you ever caught the the um, video of me in the supermarket on a Sunday morning? <laughs> I should share that with people on Twitter sometime. Uh, shared it on Facebook a lot of times. Twelve years ago, uh, I was doing a lot of grand openings for Stop and Shop, uh, the grocery chain here in the Northeast. I'm not sure if that's national. It's not like Kruger or uh, what's the one down south not like one of those anyways uh, stop and shop i don't know if you have that where you are but it's a grocery store chain and i was doing a lot of grand openings for them here in the northeast doing it solo acoustic guitar you, they'd have me walking around the store just playing jazz stuff uh as they opened up a new grocery store i got a call from the guy who was booking me and said he wanted a full a full band uh, can i do it tomorrow morning now, this is a saturday night uh, I can't, and I'm on a gig. I'm on a gig in a, a club, and I got a. We were on break, and I got a uh, call from this guy. He wanted me the next morning, follow Sunday morning, uh, in a stop and shop, uh, 10 a.m. church hour, <laughs> in a very uh, uppity part of the Hamptons in in New York. Where, uh, if you know the Hamptons, it's you know where the Hollywood elite and rich people go in the summertime. Uh, and then it becomes just a fishing village with a drinking problem, uh, for the rest of the year. Anyway, so the <laughs> Sunday morning grand opening, and I didn't have a full band. So I had, I got a drummer and a bass player to play with me. And we we're playing in, wedged in the, between the, uh, pharmaceutical section of the grocery store, drugstore, and the beer and wine aisle. And they were just in the corner on a Sunday morning, people walking by. And so I played a, um, I think like a 20-minute rendition of Kansas City, Wilbur Harrison song. <laughs> just got me thinking about this. Uh, Kansas City for 20 minutes uh, and had a videotape running. And as people were walking by on a Sunday morning, you know, uh, in a supermarket thinking, what the fuck is a rock band doing in the corner uh, by the pharmaceuticals and the beer on a Sunday morning? It was just a very odd little uh, video. I created a, a short version of that. Um, um, 
that six minute video, but it's bizarre seeing people doing this shopping. And one guy, we were just guitar, bass, and drums. And one guy came up and asked me if we were a Billy Joel tribute band because at one point we played one Billy Joel song. You may be right. Are you a Billy Billy Joel tribute band? Do you see a piano anywhere? <laughs> guitar, bass, and drums, man. We we play one Billy Joel song. How can we possibly be a Billy Joel tribute band without a piano? Uh, anyway, it's a bizarre video. I might share it sometime. It's, you get a, a chuckle out of it. KC is the home of James Inman uh, until Ken Harris and his people can get their hands on James, and then uh, some federal prison will be, because uh, we know Ken has been sent here by the deep state to uh, infiltrate infiltrate the comedy circles of America and uh, finally put a stop to James James Inman and his uh, conspiratorial um, anti-deep state rhetoric. Uh, relocation to Area 51. Okay. Good morning, Chad. Nice to see you here. Uh, what would have been your last question on a Sunday morning? <laughs> I missed something. <laughs> I missed something. Uh, I don't know. I don't, sometimes I, if you're talking about something I said, I don't listen to myself. I have no idea what just came out of my mouth a couple of seconds ago. So uh, <laughs> uh, what is that re- would have been my last question on a Sunday morning? What? What? I, kill me in. I feel really uh, left out here. Okay. I want to quickly talk about Jizzy. My, my girl Jizzy. She's going to get off. She's going to walk. And I'm not sure she shouldn't walk. Because the more I hear about this trial, the more I hear about what they have on her, I think the defense has a, a good point. Um, that they want to, you know, they want to convict Epstein, but he's not here. <laughs> he, he took He took another way out. He either... He either killed himself or was killed, but he's not, um, I think, probably killed himself. Uh, or probably was killed, but um, he's not here to try, so they're going after her. But they don't really have the goods on her as far as, and maybe they do, maybe they just haven't got it yet. But the first couple of uh, witnesses called by the prosecution have not, uh, oh, uh, yeah, the Billy, I'm sorry. I'm coming back. Hold on. I'll, I'll talk about <laughs> the jizzy stuff in a second. Just want to get, uh, thank you, Chad. I, you know what? I'm so fucking dumb sometimes. I forgot I was even uh, talking about the first question. <laughs> why in a grocery store? Yeah. Why? Why the fuck would it's a band there in, in the, between the pharmaceuticals and the beer? We did get a few parties booked out of it though. Um, but you know what? It's a Sunday morning, 10 a.m. A lot of those people are church-going people. They just went to Sunday church, and now they're going for the bargains in the store. And here is they putting up with a rock band. And I was just goofing it up. I was thinking, you know, there's a really good band over in the other aisle. <laughs> uh, and the whole time it was just, I'll play the video. I think you'll get a kick out of it. So where was I with Chizzy? I think she's going to walk. Uh, and there might be a good case for her to walk because, the first several witnesses brought by the prosecution have not established that she was necessarily uh, involved in the grooming and uh, running of the sex trafficking. Um, sex trafficking is the main charge. Now, um, 
there was a witness yesterday I heard from the housekeeper, the housekeeper, Epstein's housekeeper, Epstein's housekeeper was a man, uh, who said that, uh, she was with Epstein 95 to 98% of the time, which means she was definitely pretty, she had to have been pretty heavily involved in, or at least know about the sex trafficking. You can't really deny knowing about it when you're with him, the, him the being the guy who's running supposedly the big fish in the sex trafficking ring. Um, spend that much time with him and not be aware of it, at least. So that's the extent to which they've tied her to operating it. Oh, now, the housekeeper said she ran everything. They also said that uh, Epstein would not allow any of his employees to look him in the eye ever. You know, uh, that's not the weirdest shit about him, is it? Um, but they're starting to bring out name more names in the trial, and I said that would happen. Of course that's going to happen. Here's the thing, though. We're quick to make assumptions. So in a contact book, right, because they got her her little black book, they got Epstein's little black book, and there's names in there of famous people. Does that mean every name in that book is necessarily a pedophile? Absolutely not. Of course not. I mean, you do business with people, they get into your contact, your Rolodex. Uh, your plumber, your electrician, you, you know, whatever, or your accountant, you have numbers of people. But the press now is jumping on that little black book and taking out every name and putting it out there as if, oh, look, so-and-so is associated with the pedophile. And then, of course, the public assumption is going to just jump to that conclusion without even no due process for that person. All you have to know is that uh, their name is in Epstein's book, and all of a sudden they're labeled for life as a potential pedophile. This is kind of the the bad side of, uh, and maybe that's a good thing that that tri- the trial isn't being covered as uh, the way Kyle Rittenhouse's trial was, because that's a fucked up thing, man. Uh, just to have you because because you did business with the guy once. 15 years ago, your name is in his book, that all of a sudden the whole world is going to label you as a pedophile, and you really don't have any recourse on that. Or, And if you try to explain yourself, you're just going to look more guilty. It's a fucked up thing. Like, just because I happen to have, our paths happen to cross, we uh, did business together on something years ago, I'm not saying me. I'm not in his book. <laughs> Believe me, I never met the guy. I don't know. <laughs> I would be pretty surprised. The only Epstein I know is Epstein from Welcome Back, Carter. Epstein's mother. Uh, I was Epstein's mother. I wrote all the notes for him. Probably everybody's too young for that fucking reference. Pharmaceuticals and beers it sound like a party, though. Yeah. Well, the bass player who was who was with me that day, who sadly passed away recently, uh, was was making jokes about the pharmaceuticals and the beer uh the whole day talking out to chad now i when you hear me just kind of lose my train of thought and start talking uh a strange sentence in the middle of a rant you know i'm responding to something in the chat room anyway that's the jizzy stuff uh there'll be more in the trial today uh still hearing from there's three more alleged victims that will take the stand uh and 
The first one did say the Jane person who that's not her real name. She's an actress hiding her true identity because she doesn't want to be associated because she's a television personality, I guess, on soap operas. We don't know who it is. I wouldn't know who it was, even if you told me the name. Um, But so Jane is not her real name. She did indicate that Jizzy was not only active in the grooming and um, setting up of some clients with teenage girls, but she also took place in, uh, took part in the sex stuff, uh, you know, physical, she was, you know, three orgies. The few news people that are covering this, <laughs> if you dig deep enough to find news, uh, you know, mainstream media, whether it's in the UK or in the US that are covering this trial, uh, they seem to be really, really interested in the salacious. You know, tell me about tell me about the the tell me about the the specific details of the sex that went on. Like you know, they want to they want to blow by blow as it was, then, blow by blow. A you know, move by move. They're asked, probing people in the courtroom for information about sex acts like uh let's get deep into that no we need to we need to know uh is there really this massive uh powerful pedophilic pedophile i guess i still i you know i'm still using the word pedophile when i've been corrected by uh professionals that pedophile is really restricted to uh infants through 11-year-olds, or uh, and above that, it's a whole different term. But I'm going to still use the word pedophile because I don't know what the other words are. <laughs> uh, but is there a ring of people that are abusing teenage girls um, and selling them into sex slavery? Uh, and, and does it, uh, it certainly seems to, does it pervade um, politics, government, and the entertainment industry on the level that is being alleged. That's what the, the important stuff is. We don't need to know uh, how Jeffrey Epstein liked his dick sucked. We don't need to know that that level of detail. I mean, was it three sucks and a blow, three sucks and a blow, a stroke? <laughs> I mean, what? how graphic can we get? <laughs> uh, what is Kelly saying to me here, um, or saying to us, I don't only know if she was on there 20 years ago. My mother and I watched Guiding Light in the world at World Town. I don't think she was on there 20 years. 20 years ago, she would have probably... 20 years ago, yeah, she probably would have just been becoming an adult, I guess, then, because the uh, allegations are from her... She was a teenager in the 90s. So maybe around 2000. Who knows? Uh, somewhere around 2000, she probably became an adult. Uh... I don't know how long she's been on soap operas. We don't know who she is. She's been, uh, and maybe that's why. I don't think they would put the whole trial in the dark for one one person who was going to be giving testimony because they could do that one testimony in private. So I don't, I'm not. I don't believe that's why this thing is is being kept from the public. It's more because I think because to protect the very powerful and rich people whose names are going to be put out there. Now, as I just mentioned, maybe in some ways that's a good thing. If you're 
Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Chris Cuomo, <laughs> the guy who got uh, indefinitely suspended from CNN for trying to help his brother Andrew Cuomo out in his uh, Me Too trial. Uh, not not trial, but allegations and uh, accusations against him. Uh, his wife was a publicist. Uh, Chris Cuomo's wife is a publicist who had done some business with Epstein or Chizzy at some point many years ago. But her name is in the little black book. Now, that came out there. Now, pe- people are going to be saying that she was somehow involved in pedophilia just because her name is in that book. Maybe the trial is just to protect people like that. Uh, a trial not being shown to the American people, not being no cameras allowed in the courtroom. Maybe it's just for that reason that we don't get a hysterical lynch mob society thinking everybody whose name in that black book is part of a pedophile ring. But then again, maybe they are. Who knows? But this, I, who knows why they're really keeping this from us? But I think it, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be uh, to protect. Very powerful people. That's the only thing I can think of. Kelly's saying they all got canceled a while back. I'm guessing she means soap operas. Uh, but they still have daytime soap operas on, right? They have to. That's what this girl does. Um, I don't, you know, the ones that are, were on when I was a young person were on for 40 years. They they graduated from radio to television. So I can't imagine soap operas getting canceled. Just, they have a history of lasting 40, 50, 60 years, uh, I think, as the world turns. and They were originally called soap operas because they were on the radio and they were sponsored by soap companies, <laughs> Procter & Gamble and Ivory Soap and all that kind of stuff. So that's how they got the name soap operas. But they were around from the dawn of radio, late 30s through the 40s and all that stuff, and then made a transition to television and were around through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, wow, they got finally got canceled in 2000. Somebody finally figured out this is boring shit. This is the same old nonsense every day. It's, you know, Peyton Place, whatever. So they canceled that stuff. Um, yesterday, forgot to forgot to run my sponsor spot. Sponsors never watch the program unless I forget to watch uh, run their sponsor spot. And then I'll we'll get a phone call about it. Hey, I thought we were sponsoring you today. <laughs> the one day I forget to run the sponsorship piece is the only day they're watching. Go figure. This is my life. It will only it only it only rains when you don't bring an umbrella. <laughs> so I forgot to run the sponsorship spot yesterday, so I should probably do that now before I forget. Uh, please bear with me. Hang out. This will only take uh, as long as it takes. Who the fuck knows how long it takes? But um, I'll run it quickly and uh, come right back, I guess. I got to find the right file now. Now I talked about it. I can't do it. I put the pressure on myself. I'm going to crack. I don't It's in this one, right? No. DT to pop up. There it goes. All right. Bear with me. I will be right back. I think I will.
This episode is brought to you by Truefire. Do you want to learn guitar or improve your playing? Are you stuck in a rut and unable to take your playing to the next level? Truefire has your solution. guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with Truefire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. Truefire style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations, and track your progress as you work through your personalized Truefire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, Truefire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Click the link in the description to find out more. Oh, watch it. Don't spill. Don't spill. Be careful. Be careful. Every day. Every day it's the same thing with this girl. Somebody's got to teach her exactly how to hold a cup of coffee without spilling. Uh, True fire. Listen, if you want to learn to play guitar, you want to learn to play it right, you want to play it quickly at, and um, at your own, on your own schedule, not like you have to uh, take your lesson at 4.30 and the guy's going to be here and you got, you know, all that kind of crap. Do it on your own time. Uh, but do it quickly and do it the right way. First time true fire. I'm actually studying from them. I've been playing 57 years, folks, and I never stop learning, uh, taking the Greg Koch course. Uh, Greg Koch is one of the great players. It just struck me looking at that video there, how many of those people I've actually gotten to play with. I feel privileged to actually have uh, gotten to know some of those people, those great teachers and great players in um, multiple genres feel blessed to know some of those people and I've actually gotten to play with them. Uh, one thing I'll say, I, Steve Vai, uh, I assumed for many, many years that Steve Vai just had to be an egomaniac, a, uh, a guy who just was not, uh, not a nice person. I just assumed that because anybody that good usually is a total dick. Uh, but found out very recently that uh, auto, he's a total lovely guy great guy 
So uh, don't jump to assumptions about people. Just because they just happen to be super talented and skilled, don't assume that they're a dick like I did. Because that makes you a dick like I was and am and always will be. Uh, And speaking of dicks, Chevy Chase is trending. Uh, I don't know exactly why Chevy Chase is trending, uh, but Chevy Chase has never been a good guy. Um, this is I'm not saying anything that most people don't know already. He's always been full of attitudes, always been um, part of the elite who the entitled bunch uh, and, you know, White Plains, um, Upper middle class brought up and now rich, snobby, white guy from White Plains. Um, And so there was a clip a couple of days ago that they played from the old Saturday Night Live with him and Richard Pryor. Now, I know him and Richard Pryor did not get along. And if you're interested in in checking this out, you can find it. There is a clip from the uh, Tonight Show with Johnny Carson when uh, Chevy Chase was the first guest out. And then Richard Pryor came out and the way Johnny did it. He had the couch, and then people would move down the couch, but stay out there and be part of the next uh, segment uh, when the next guest came out. And so uh, it was Richard's time to be uh, with Johnny and be interviewed, and Chevy was being obnoxious and still trying to make it about him. And I swear, uh, I, I Richard Pryor wanted to punch him. He just like, and you could tell they did not like each other. So in the skit, which is very racially motivated, would never make it on television today. It's about uh, Chevy Chase doing a job interview for Richard Pryor and throwing, doing word association and throwing out a bunch of racial epithets at him. And uh, so it's just uh, interesting to look at w- because when that originally aired, nobody knew that they didn't like each other. But if you add that dynamic on top of watching that clip, it becomes even more interesting that uh, knowing that there was this animosity between those two and they still did that scene. I could imagine that, you know, Richard Pryor really wanted to, wanted to hit him then. Uh, what else is trending today? Uh, Joel Alstein is trending because having some work done on his, I'm not sure if it was his house or the church, the mega church, uh, where the plumber, a plumber was doing some work on a bathroom uh, and found bags and bags of money stashed in the wall. Cash in bags. Interesting. I thought that was only something mafia people did. I wouldn't expect pastors to do that. And why? I mean, why? <laughs> Does he not have, can he not get a, uh, safe deposit box? Could he have an offshore bank account? I mean, guy is richer than rich, and rich, you know, in fleecing is, is uh, his, um, I don't know what they call it. <laughs> fleecing the sheep, I guess. But um, uh, he's, he's loaded, so why can't he, you know, why does he need to hide money in the walls? And again, that's a mafia thing for people to I don't know, not sophisticated enough to have an offshore bank account or a um, 
you know, a safe deposit box that is, is private and all that stuff. I don't know. But bags and bags of money hidden in the walls of Joel all things out. Now, if you're the plumber and you discover that, most people won't report that. Don't go to, hey, I found bags of money in your wall. It's like, oh, listen, just patch that wall back up. Put the, take these bags out to the truck and, part of my, and put them in my toolbox. <laughs> I mean, that's... Listen, I hate to hate to think like the neighborhood guys, but come on, that's so that's what most working men would do. Would you go? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Craig is absolutely right. They should be taxed. All churches should be taxed. All cults should be taxed. Anybody who's running a scam like that, balloons are up. Let's check out some of Craig's balloons, shall we? Uh, do I have to? Why do I actually have to go to Craig's? profile to see this stuff. It should come right up on my feed. Craig, oh, because because, because Craig Johnson here he is now. Let's see. Oh, wow. Let's, let's together, we'll, I, I will share this so we can together enjoy the magnitude of uh, Craig's view of the world this morning. Home tab. Now, this seems like a, a pretty warm morning where you are. That haze makes it look warm. Uh, that balloon doesn't look all the way inflated to me. I would be worried about that one. That one would make me nervous. Let's see this one. Yeah, see? That one look looks... What's with this little bend here? Something's funny. Is this the same balloon? Are we looking at the same balloon here? Uh, interesting. And this is all a shot from your backyard. It's an interesting uh, little thing here. I mean, what is this? Uh, is that the sandia in the background? And what is this, like a hill? I don't know what that is. Uh, and this is from yesterday, I guess, 23 hours ago. Way up in here. Now, the thing is, and I will uh, get out of here and remove it. Uh, if that were Long Island, there would be kids out there with BB guns trying to shoot those suckers down. Uh, and I know sooner or later they'd get in trouble for it. <laughs> somebody somebody would put a stop to it. But I can't imagine that happening every single day and nobody trying to just be an asshole and fuck it up and, and or hurt somebody. Uh, you know, I guess New Mexico kids are, are, are far better behaved than Long Island kids because I can get – I know – Kids who used to live by the airport, JFK Airport, when it was Idlewild, and then even when it became JFK, uh, they would shoot twenty-two at jets passing over their house. It was like a normal thing. I mean, lots of kids did. It was the thing to do. Shoot at the fucking planes flying over your house. Like, <laughs> of course, it's way before nine eleven, but um, that was a, a hobby of the kids in Rosedale, Queens, uh, when when. Um, when it first became JFK, and then even into the 70s and early 80s, I knew people that would do it. I mean, jets flew over their house a couple of hundred feet up, and they would shoot at them with a 22. Be surprised how hard it is to hit a 747, a 737, 757, whatever they were, 737s mostly in those days, 707s. Hard to hit them with a 22. Uh, 22 rifle. I guess the wind plays a big part in that, and part of the, I guess, thrust from the engine might 
fuck the bullet up too. Well, I mean, the pass of the bullet up. Anyway, I just surprised that people aren't uh, <laughs> trying to fuck with the balloon people. I certainly the teenagers on Long Island would. Ah, speaking of uh, the True Fire stuff and the guitar stuff, um, I know mo- we don't have a lot of guitar players in my audience, but we. Uh, I just want to share a little bit of, and if anybody should ever come across the word, the name Floyd Rose, just remember Floyd Rose sucks. Floyd Rose is a bridge on a guitar, and I'm very disappointed this morning because. A Floyd uh, Rose bridge can be a real bitch to change strings on your guitar because it's different than any other kind of thing. And I went to do this on one of my guitars that has a Floyd Rose bridge on it last night, uh, very late last night. was completely frustrated by the fact that uh, the Allen key that I need to kind of lock the bridge in is stripped. And so now I have a very expensive guitar, another one sitting there that can't be played because uh, dopey me can't put new strings on it. Someone shot down the sheriff's helicopter. <laughs> now, see, uh, that that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, kids. Uh, but you know what? Did they kill anybody? Did, did somebody die? I mean, I would rather have back in the day when kids were shooting <laughs> shooting at shit in the sky and missing than kids taking rifles to school and killing. I don't know. Because nobody ever hit any of the planes. And for all those years that it went on, that one one plane ever was down by a kid with a fucking gun in Rosedale. But I, I think balloons would be. I wonder what would happen with those balloons. Would they... Would... <laughs> Would you get the the uh, effect that you get with a uh, balloon in the house when when you pop it and it or like <laughs> where it just you know goes around like that, or uh, would the hot air balloons just come down? Who knows? Um, anyway, what else uh, is happening today? I will be uh, playing tonight uh, and tomorrow and Sunday, and got some VA stuff this afternoon. That's always fun to do. Go to the VA and play for the old cats. Uh, different VA today, different part of VA. Now here's one I think. Part of the uh, stuff I do for the VA uh, is in psych wards because you know a lot of VA, a lot of vets experience uh, psychological problems, uh, whether it was due to their service or not. They have uh, special buildings, entire buildings that are dedicated to those people where it's really on lockdown and all this stuff. But they have me come in and play an hour of music for those people because everybody, everybody needs some culture and entertainment in their life. And unfortunately for some people, that means me. (laughs) Anyway, uh, part of the contract, this this is really... No songs that include any references to sex, drugs, or rock and roll. (laughs) They don't leave the rock and roll part out. Sex, drugs, or anything uh, that might um, encourage 
things, uh, the ideas and, and kind of thoughts that they shouldn't be having while in, because some of them, a lot of them have substance abuse problems. So you can't do any drugs or alcohol songs. Can't do any songs that have any sexual content in them. Think about what that leaves. And, it, and I monitored pretty heavy. The people come in there and if I, I started to play Margaritaville one time and they shut me down pretty quick. Uh, no, machine gun would not work. Uh, violence is another thing that. So, I mean, how many songs can you really do? It's really tough to sing happy, upbeat songs and make sure they don't have a single phrase that says "drink," uh, any any references to any sexual stuff, uh, any violent stuff. I mean, think about it. How many songs can you think of that have no references that are sex, drugs, violence, or uh, psych stuff? You know, stuff that might be a little... And even stuff that, like, you know, on Halloween, you got to be really... Do a Halloween show there and try to do those without any references that might be psychologically uh, questionable. So coming up with a set list is difficult just figuring out what you can play and then you get these people who just request shit uh last week or two weeks ago i did one in a place like that and it was a guy who requested smoke on what now keep in mind the majority of the audience is 80 or 90 in that area between 80 and 90 usually some old, older than 90 if they're world war ii vets but you get a, a couple of people sometimes that are younger 40s 50s and so this one guy was uh he requested smoke on the water it's like you know dude look around the room <laughs> i'm gonna be playing smoke on the water for 90 year old people it's it, you know they're gonna tell me never come back here <laughs> and it's i'm on acoustic guitar besides i mean how well can you do smoke on the water on an acoustic guitar but besides the fact that it it's about a guy who burned down a, a gambling house gambling is another thing i can't think of uh thing about but violence so it's about a crazy guy who burned down a gambling house and killed a bunch of people you're going to play that in a psych ward? No, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to let me get away with that. I'll play a couple of notes, and then they're going to shut me down. What do you play? What would you play if I told you right now you had to do that gig? What would your set list be? I'm just curious. You can put it in the chat room there. You can write to me. I will open up phone lines. Not like anybody's going to call anyway. Still disappointed Jamie Dykes hasn't called. Next week, we will have uh, a couple of days where I got some comedians calling. I'm going to start having musicians calling. May even get some uh, live musical performances out of people who have a setup in their own place that they can do a decent sound uh, performance through this kind of mechanism. Uh, so things will start to get a little more interesting, a little more fun in the mornings next week. Uh John Denver, Rocky Mountain High, can't play that. Um, can't play even Country Roads. I, I played Country Roads, uh, Misty Taste of Moonshine, right? No, that's a reference to alcohol. Can't do it. Um, there, there are very few John Denver songs you can, that actually don't have anything that... Rocky Mountain High, of course, you can't play that. Um 
I think, thank God, you, I'm a country boy. I probably could get away with that. I'd have to review the words. Thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah, no, I play some James Taylor, but then here's what happens when you when you uh, <laughs> when you play stuff that's too mellow, and they don't want mellow instrumentals. No, you, you, they want upbeat. Toe tap. It actually says in the in the uh, contract, toe tapping. This is a difficult thing for me because uh, it's contractually I'm contractually obligated to get them to tap their toes. <laughs> I brought that up a while back in one of the social media groups. Now, what I, if I fail to get a toe to tap? Does that mean I don't get paid? <laughs> no, toe tapping. They want toe to shout. Uh, you know, you make me want to shout, put my hands up. Yeah, there's not much there. I think I could probably do that. Having my baby, I, uh, no, 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 I think that's uh, sex stuff, man. A dizzy, dizzy, my head is spinning like a whirlpool. It never ends. And it's you, girl, making it spin. You're making me dizzy. Yeah, I guess that one would go. I could do dizzy. I will keep that in mind. The thing about dizzy, Tommy Rowe, is it just keeps modulating up, up, up. It just it starts pretty high for for me, if you you know my voice, uh, and then it just keeps getting higher and higher and higher, modulating higher. Uh, I think when they did that, the guy was actually singing. Uh, you know, there were a lot of rumors at the time, but I think he was uh, doing some helium to make his voice. A little higher or something in the studio when they were doing the modulations. I thought, you know, there's a better way to do that, just speed up the tape. But however they did it, you know, the old Albert and the Chip, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks way of getting the higher voices. So that's what I got later on today. We'll see what I can get away with in the psych ward today. They, they monitor me pretty close, though. They have like a, uh, nurse's aide hounding me and and kind of paying attention to every word I sing. Sometimes I will do so, songs that have those references in but just not sing those words and just mumble something stupid where those words that might be suggestive of that kind of stuff are. Uh, so Monday, Mike Grief will be calling in. Mike Grief is uh, probably better known on the East Coast, although he's had a, he's been in movies like uh, Liar Liar and Epic Movie and a bunch of movies like that. Stand-up comedian who is uh, used to be an East Coast guy. Now he's in L.A. because I think he, he went out to L.A. To, for the movies and never came back. But he was an East Coast uh, stand-up guy from New York to Florida and uh, for many couple of several decades probably from starting in the 80s right up until about uh 2010 sometime there and now he's uh now he gives him the stand-up routine in la close the shop bought a ticket to the west coast you know that one i don't know that one obviously i could probably play that song i don't care what they say anymore this is my life play that in the psych ward <laughs> um so yeah, that will be my weekend. I won't. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, you know, I enjoy playing uh, some of those VA shows. It's much different from the um, my main gig. Um, my main gigs, I should say, because I have different ones. We do full bands a lot, but we also do duo shows, and I do some solo shows. The acoustic stuff pays so much better. 
so much better than the full band stuff, and it's less work. It's just it's preferable now to just go out there with an acoustic guitar, especially if the place has their own PA. All you have to bring is an acoustic guitar and plug in, and and so or an acoustic guitar plug in and a microphone to sing with, as opposed to going there and have to set up amplifiers and PA systems and your own lights and all that kind of stuff, and go out there with a full band and put put in fourteen hours work for. $200 or $300, whatever that is, that's a pain in the ass, folks. <laughs> it's like, it, that's a job. It's a real job. Uh, but this, the solo stuff and the acoustic duo stuff, we show up there uh, five minutes before the gig, you unpack your acoustic guitar, you, you do the gig, and you get paid well, more than you, you get paid with, with the band stuff. And you get more tips, and there's less people to split the tips with. <laughs> It's just a much better experience, uh, and your ears aren't ringing, and you're not in a lot of pain. The drummer hasn't uh, pounded your head into oblivion. It's a better gig, so I, I'm enjoying those as I get older. And but it seems like COVID uh, changed the industry a lot in that way because a lot of people are more interested in hiring duos, save money acoustic stuff save money keep it smaller and all that kind of stuff so you know for the clubs and the venue owners it's cheaper to hire two people than it is a, a full band so it's better for them and with the uh not wanting to fill the places to capacity necessarily the social distancing stuff that was part of the covid stuff doesn't seem to be anymore um they were more inclined and it, it worked out better for everybody. So, and that's the way it still is. They haven't gone back to uh, the old way where bands dominated and the duos were the exception and, and the solos were the exception. It's pretty much even now. The uh, variant Omicron, uh, why do they have to fucking name these stuff like that? You know, these variants, why do they have to be Omicron? Is that how you pronounce it? Omicron, Omicron, that variant, five cases here in Suffolk County, New York yesterday. Uh, seems to be uh, something that is going to be spreading pretty quickly. According to, I mean, it wasn't long. It was a week before they said, found a new variant in South Africa. And then a week later, we got five cases here in Long Island, New York. Made it from South Africa to New York pretty quickly. Obviously, it did. Obviously, it had been, I mean, because they cut down tra and travel restrictions and all that stuff. It, di it didn't make it here in a week. It was already here, already. They found it in South Africa first, but obviously it had to have already been here. So who knows how widespread it's going to be and uh, how much of it we're going to see here. What is Ken saying? He said nothing. He just did a, a, an empty comment. Now, why would you do that? Oh. Uh, oh, Omicron, you thought that was uh, cryptocurrency? Yeah. Um, if, are you into crypto? Are you into crypto? Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> um, Algorand is one they're talking about now. Uh, it was a buzz yesterday, and my wife is very, very much into crypto, so she came home. And I said, do you know about this Algorand stuff? It's uh, all the money people, and I don't follow this shit at all. I don't know. I don't know anything about crypto. 
But uh, people yesterday were all abuzz about this Algorand and the potential it has to flip Ethereum, whatever that means, I guess, take over the the spot that uh, Ethereum has right now in dominance of cryptocurrency. I don't know about this shit, folks. Um, um, if I'm talking stupid, it's because I'm very naive in this field. But the money people were all, all talking about Algorand is the next big thing, and it has the potential to go from where it is now to $7 by the end of the week. I guess today's the end of the week. And where it was was under a dollar or just over a dollar yesterday. So if it was, that would be seven times your profit by today. Good thing. So we were talking about that and asked my wife, and she already had it. She said she already had some of it, not, hasn't invested big in it. But uh, as we were finishing that conversation, she walked away to do whatever she was going to do. I, I, so Algorand followed me on Twitter as I, it's like, wow, that's kind of creepy. You're talking to your wife about something, and all of a sudden, the, the people, the business you're talking about follows you on Twitter. That feels like, wait a minute. Is Ken Harris got my house bugged or something? What, what the fuck is that all about? Getting followed by, uh, yeah, uh, Chad Hansen uh, says exactly what I was thinking about the, uh, I'm normal all over the place, the Omicron stuff. That, yeah, well, South Africa was identified at first, but it had to be here already. Uh, so what, What? yeah, you think this is going to be, you know, I know Biden said he's going to do everything he can except not considering lockdowns. I hope we don't go back into lockdowns, even though for me, it didn't change my life much at all because I had already been doing this from home, never leave unless I go to play gigs. I mean, my life is basically this, Gigging, occasional runs to local stores or something if I had to, but in the lockdown, I don't have to. Uh, so it didn't change my life all that much when we had the lockdown, but it did change America. did change, uh, it, it did stop the band stuff for a couple of months. Not long here. We were, uh, my band anyway, we only took off about... I think it was March 13th when the original March 13th of 2020 when they started the first lockdown here. Uh, we had a gig the following Saturday. I was certain that lockdown would be over by the time our next gig came up the following Saturday, which was March 20th or something like that. But it didn't happen, of course. But we were back playing by June. Uh, we were playing with masks on, we were playing social distancing events. Uh, but we were back playing now. Uh, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to continue to have variants. And, I mean, uh, how are we going to react to this? We don't know. We don't know what this thing's going to bring anyway. Whether it it becomes more contagious, but does it become more deadly? It might not, you know, from what I've told people who are uh, dealing with the disease right now, maybe it's because so many people are vaccinated when they get it. But... I think fewer people are dying. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, and I think the people who are getting it aren't suffering nearly as bad as the original first round of it. I had, you know, Mikey almost died from it. Uh, my wife was extremely sick for about three weeks, bedridden uh, when she got it. Uh, I know a lot of people who suffered really bad with it. I never, oh, three times tested positive, never had a single symptom. 
didn't feel. As a matter of fact, the first time I tested positive, I felt better than normal. Go figure. Uh, what is Chad saying here? Uh, mild symptoms, zero hospitalizations. It just mutated, spread really quickly. That would be a good thing if it, mild symptoms and, and no hospitalizations. Ah, I did hear listening to Stanhope's podcast yesterday or the day before most recent one and he was talking about Arizona is overwhelmed especially Cochise County where or whatever the hell county he's in uh so the hospitals are overrun there completely overrun which is you know that's not the case here but there are pockets in the country places in the country where they it's still the case where they're just overwhelmed nurses are overwhelmed doctors are overwhelmed hospital staff in general are overwhelmed not here uh chad i believe you're in colorado right and so i don't you're probably like where i am it's probably uh not that bad as far as hospitalizations and all that stuff there are some states particularly arizona i know uh i think south dakota is still having some problems with uh, hospitalizations and all that stuff who knows uh who knows where covid will be and where it will take us Hopefully, uh, hopefully this nightmare will end soon. That's all I can say. That's a big hope. Hope. But, uh, uh, they have been too. Doug said that was uh, said that six months ago. Wow. But no, he just said it again. I don't know if it was. It's still the case, or you know, you're saying it, the hospitals have been overwhelmed there for six months continuously from then till now. That would be a huge strain. People would be on the breaking point if if that were the case. Um, it's just so weird because when we were having it real, when we were hit really bad, they were having nothing, and I that that contributed to part of this whole science denial stuff is that. People in the western parts of the country and Midwest and all that kind of stuff, um, they were hearing about COVID but not seeing it in their neighborhoods, not seeing it where they lived. So it's easy when the media is reporting stuff out of New York was going crazy with cases. Uh, other, I forget where else there were pockets of places that were getting hit really, really bad, and the rest of the nation saying, "I don't see it. Nobody I know has it." So that feeds into this whole denial of yeah, the media's making the stuff, blowing the stuff up. So when we had it really bad here, people out there were saying, "Nothing here. I, we're not getting it." Okay, but I know forty-four people who died from it. <laughs> Imagine that. I just chuckled a little laugh after saying 44 people died. I know 44 people have died from it. Uh, not all of them were close friends or close associates. Uh, several were. I had lots of our fans, uh, fans that have been with us for 21 years or so, uh, died from the disease. Three booking agents. Three of my booking agents died. Um so those weren't necessarily close friendships, but they were close relationships with people I knew very well. A couple of singers from popular bands uh, here in, in my area died. A lot of people. And then my wife knew a bunch of people who were patients and residents in the places that she works uh, who, who died from the disease as well. So here we got hit really bad. 
really, really bad. And I don't know too many people that know as many people as I know who died from it. Uh, just an unusual thing because we got hit first. We got hit really bad before there were any vaccines and all that stuff. So a lot of people died. Tragic. Um, and you don't want to, you know... You don't want to be dismissive of that kind of stuff. And when you hear people being dismissive of that and you know you've had close people, and naturally you're going to get angry at some people who just, you know, play it off like it's no big deal. You know what? I got close people and relatives and people I will, I care deeply about who died about it. And here you're making fun of it like it doesn't exist, like it's no big deal. People, people suck sometimes, you know. I guess that's where I started today with people sucking because I know I suck for not even paying attention to these kids shooting each other. I don't want to be a downer on a Friday. It's Friday. What are you people doing for the weekend? Let me hear about what you're doing for the weekend. I did put this program, Coffee with the Dog, on Anchor as a audio podcast starting yesterday. So all of previous 13 episodes are up there this one will be up directly after the show uh and as i mentioned several times now we are moving towards uh being on internet radio doing the live live version on the radio for people in the cars uh starting january 2nd of this year so that's something to look forward to uh what is it not not I. Definitely a big deal. Killing millions of people globally. That's no joke. Yep, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's no joke when people are dying. And it's a shame to see people, you know. I hate to say that, that anything is off off limits for humor. Because humor sometimes is the way we deal with tragedy. But there's a way you can joke about this stuff without being dismissive of people who are actually... Uh, suffering loss without picking that wound. Uh, and I hate to try to uh, insist that comedians, especially comedians, uh, try to be careful about joking. You know, uh, that can, that can be a slippery slope as well. That, that leads to this whole cancel culture stuff. But it, it sometimes we see people just being arrogantly careless in how they hurt people. And there are people out there who I think are very funny who who do that. But sometimes, you know, there's a fine line. I guess that's what. I'm, what is Ken saying? Remember when Prince Jared, <laughs> Prince Jared Kushner wanted to do nothing since the original variant was only hitting blue states? Yeah, uh, that that's fucked up. Um, and that. I don't think Jared was alone in that. I think uh, his his father-in-law was, was behind that too, not wanting to really, uh, you know, the attitude is I'm only going to support the blue states. Well, uh, uh, red states. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> Just because, you know, real estate isn't Republican. Real estate isn't Republican or Democrat. Uh, so even if it's a, a blue state, there's a lot of, a lot of Republicans and a lot of red people in blue states. No state is. New York state is a blue state. My county is as red as can be. I mean, uh, we got Trump voters 
caking up the waters around Long Island like like an armada. Uh, you couldn't see past all the Trump flag boats that were out last uh, the summer before the 2020 election. Um, unbelievable here. We have truck rallies up and down the main roads, uh, and we still have. I could go. I can go out now and just drive down my main road and see plenty of trucks. Uh, painted uh, Trump 2020 on them, still have the Trump 2020 stuff, uh, all of them. So I'm in a blue state. So that idea that, you know, both Trump and Jared were floating that, you know, only take only take care of the red states and fuck the blue states. Well, blue states have as many Republicans in them, too. It's just the way the districts are, are run that make real estate appear to be blue or red. The way uh, the voting lines are, are drawn district-wise that make states appear blue or red. But there's no such thing as a blue or red state. And we, you know, when I grew up, California was Republican. Ronald Reagan was a the governor there. Richard Nixon was a the governor there. That was a red state. Red state for a long time. Now it's not, of course. But, uh, you know, the idea that you're on, as a president or a a senator or any person of power that you're only going to take care of the states that politically favor you at the moment. That's just insanity. But what what else would you expect from the Trump family anyway? But yes, to answer Ken's question, I absolutely remember Prince Jared uh, Kushner. What do you think is going to happen with that? Uh, Go, you know, I know this is asking a lot for people to look into a crystal ball, but with the January 6th stuff, do you think it will come back to Trump and is in a circle at some point? I know Steve Bannon is con- still considered to be in a circle, even though he was fired by Trump and uh, ostracized from the administration. He's still hardcore Trumper and still part of the the movement still a key player in the movement uh but that's as close to the inner circle as we've got now now uh where where will it get will it get to him at that point uh rappler 32 welcome i don't know who you are but welcome to the program uh um do, if we know you by another name please let me know what it is but i'm not sure what packed the courts means the court's pretty packed right now uh in one direction <laughs> to the right um not really packed i guess it's got a it's enough of a majority that the conservative side will win most votes uh unless they can persuade uh one of the more conservative judges to go with the uh liberal but what do you mean by packed do you mean expand the court and uh or do you mean have more i don't know which side you want to pack it from uh, you could pack it liberal. You could pack it conservative. I'm I'm not sure what that comment actually means. Pack the courts, and how that how that relates to anything we were talking about or that I was talking about. Just confused by that. Anybody is willing who's willing to comment on that and let me know what that means or what you think that means. Love to know because now I'm in a state of confusion. Phone lines are open one six three one four nine six six four six four, and I'm here. All day, all night, 27, 4, 20, 27, 3, 24, 7, 365. Uh, of course, I am not uh, able uh, to 
uh, articulate things very well. I got a lesson in articulation. You know, I got to publish that podcast I did two days ago now. I still haven't uh, published on the audio side. Uh, Billy Shepard, who is an actress and presentation coach, was, gave me some tips about articulation and what I knew to be a better articulator, something I worked on my whole life and never got really any real good advice. When You know, vocal coaches always say, you know, you need to work on your articulation. Okay. How? <laughs> How do I work on my articulation? Well, that's exactly what you have to do is over-articulate everything until you're really comfortable doing this gymnastics with your mouth so that you are a competent articulator. <laughs> a no comment back from Rappler32. Pack the courts and then you, you leave us. Uh, well, thanks for that. Leaving me with a, a very vague statement that I don't know what you, what you mean by that. Would love to know more. Uh, and here is your chance to kind of... Somebody said... Uh, the other day that i got an email it was funny uh fuck you dope <laughs> that was the entirety of of the email you know i encourage people to disagree with me or enlighten me where they think i'm wrong and i appreciate that uh fuck you dope i appreciate the brevity of that kind of email obviously we disagree on some things obviously you don't like me whoever wrote that email, and I'm not going to put your name and email address out there, but I'm okay with uh, with the criticism. I, I, just, I would love a little more information about exactly what you disagree with me on. But here's the thing. I, I like you. I like you, per person who said, fuck you, dope. <laughs> I appreciate the brevity of that. I appreciate the, uh, the fact that you would uh, express to me that you disagree with me. However, uh, I would love a little more information on that. What exactly you disagree with me on? Now, the fact that you we obviously disagree on something obviously uh, causes you to dislike me for whatever reason, and I'm fine with that. That's that's cool. You you have every right to dislike me, and uh, I appreciate if you still continue to to watch or listen and disagree with me. Uh, but we don't move uh, the meter ever or address any of the real issues or kind of uh, move forward in the world if we can't articulate exactly what those differences are in a civil manner. So I don't have any problem with being insulted. Fuck you, dope. I'm happy to receive that kind of stuff. It's just it doesn't do anything. I mean, let me know. You know, you're not going to change my mind on anything, obviously. And my mind is pretty changeable, uh, pretty flexible. If you present a good case for where I'm wrong, I would definitely consider that. I love to hear uh, feedback where uh, I might not have considered some uh, um, some points, you know, because I get wrapped up in my own view, which is why I ask for differences of opinion. So far, I am getting very little uh, in the way of pushback on, on opinions and stuff like that. Uh, 
Yeah, Kel, might just be a punctuation issue. What? Uh, the uh, talk like John Malkovich? <laughs> no. Uh, I think, no. Fuck you, dope. <laughs> I don't think there needed to be a comma in that. It had an exclamation point on it, so the punctuation was there. Was, fuck you, dope. I don't know what I said that, that you disagree with, but uh, obviously I can say lots of stuff that people would disagree with. Listen, um, if you're a Second Amendment guy, you'd probably be very eager to write an email to me saying, fuck you, dope, because I do respect the second amendment to a degree but there has to be limits to it again you know my and i've expressed this point so i could see if you were a guy one of these people who want the world to be old west style where um survival of the fastest gun and everybody is armed and the world would be safer if everybody had a gun if you if that's one of your beliefs you're going to disagree with me and so you would definitely call me a dope for saying the second amendment needs to have some limits you can't we can't all have any weapon we want can we can we have a society where any weapon is okay everybody can arm arm themselves with whatever weaponry uh they can afford is that a safer and more civilized uh society the the people that and there are people that obviously believe that that you know, we should go back to the old West where, the you know, if you can afford it, sure, Chad, really? So if I can, if your neighbor can afford a nuclear weapon, you would be comfortable with them having that or an F-16 or like my neighbors who dropped a bomb on Fox Island and the FBI is thinking it's a test run for terrorism. You think, you know, Everybody should be able to have any weapon they can afford. Really? Uh, that seemed like a very dangerous society. Because, And I'll tell you a little story back with the cult stuff. And this, just because it's relevant to this uh, conversation. 1997 with the cult. Went out to L.A. And got we were supposed to be in, in the Beverly Wilshire. But we got there a day or two early and we're not able to check into the Beverly Wilshire. Uh, I was with my buddy Frank and uh, <laughs> F-16 for sure. You want, you want your neighbor to have an F-16? Bizarre, man. Uh, but uh, okay. You're, you're, you have a right to that opinion. Uh, but so in 1997 out in LA uh, and couldn't get into the world, Beverly Wilshire because we got there too early. So we went and got a whole a motel room in uh, North Hollywood. And uh, <laughs> F-16 is an excellent leaf blower, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, we checked into this uh, hotel and um, motel in North Hollywood and woke up the next morning and uh, turned on the television and there were a couple of bank robbers uh, in the bank in the neighborhood, right, almost directly across the street from the motel we were staying in. And it, it's called, uh, it's a kind of a famous shootout, North Hollywood, uh, I forget what they called it now, but it had North Hollywood Massacre or something like that. Two guys who were in full body armor, uh, 
armed to the to the hilt with military style weapons, messed up or whatever, t, uh, PCP'd up enough that uh, even w- when bullets pierced their armor, it didn't stop them. And they uh, they overwhelmed two guys, overwhelmed the entire uh, North Hollywood Police Department. I mean, the police could not match their firepower. These guys were walking boldly down the street, shooting uh, cops. No question, you know, arm to the the hilt. In a society where everybody can have any gun they want, police forces become irrelevant. Police force, you know, police can't keep up with, especially if you can buy anything you afford. Think about what what you're saying now. Everybody and anybody should be able to have whatever weaponry they can afford. That's a dangerous society. There are no laws then. Laws don't matter. It's it's survival of who has the better aim, who has the better equipment, and we all become, you know, it's not a civil war. It's every man for himself war. That's the society you would live in if everybody could have whatever weapon they want. All I have to do is to take your property, just have more weaponry from you, and then your house is not secure, man. It's my house. I got more shit, and who's going to stop me? You're going to you're going to send the police to stop me? I think it's safer now. I'm not worried about somebody coming in to take my house. Uh, the chance uh, now. This is a good conversation here. The assumption is that it's safe now. I, it's obviously not safe now. Kids are going to school with with rifles and shooting up students. Obviously not safe now. I think it would be far less safe if every single person in the in America was armed to the hilt. Uh, we saw what happened in in the nineteenth century when guns were the mark of security, when people were were on lived by the gun as the law. We saw it. It's savagery, absolute savagery. And so if that's the kind of world we want to live in, I mean, basically, sooner or later, we're going back to caveman times anyway. I mean, because uh, we're becoming more uncivilized. I agree with that. We're becoming more uncivilized every day. People are far more uh, polite when everyone is on. Really? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, the, the people who are armed the best become the, the 800-pound gorilla. So it becomes a contest then. You're always going to be the fastest gun. The fastest gun is the one who, who's in charge. Again, you, we have examples of everybody having a gun. And the people who run things then are the people who do are the quickest to kill, the uh, most proficient, have the fastest, uh, and most guns. Those people run society. And without any recourse or anything that anybody could do to stand up to them, that's that's the society we had. Well, we've had that exactly what you want. Everybody have a gun. Everyone is armed. We've we've had it. There are examples of it in America not that long ago, and uh, life was not good for those people. We've had you know basically uh, criminal enterprises, you know, uh, running local. Monopolies. The, looking in Chad's neighborhood there, <laughs> the the Dolan Murphy clan ran ran New Mexico by the gun. The law was irrelevant. 
the law was Billy the Kid and the regulators uh, became what they became to stand up to the monopoly that was the gun culture, the, the guns that owned everything and said, you have to buy from us. You have to, uh, if you want to do any commerce, you have to live with us. We have that now many, in many places, California, Detroit. What? What do we have? Do we have people everywhere where uh, Dolan Murphy clans are running entire states by the, the will of the gun without any regard for law and order? We have that. Um, I know people who live in Detroit and send me pictures of Detroit and say, you know what, the... You're, you're being uh, manipulated into believing that it's a war zone there. It's not. It's not. It, there are some depressed areas, and there are, in Chicago, there's definitely a gun problem, a uh, criminal gun problem, criminals with guns. There's definitely that. Um, I'm not sure having everybody armed is the solution. Obviously, we disagree on that, uh, but... Again, where do you draw the line? You obviously draw the line someplace, right? Uh, no nukes, you said, uh, unless it's a small home reactor. No nukes. But so you draw the line someplace. Where exactly are you going to draw that line? Uh, and how do you how do you draw that line? If you're going to say that any gun, any weapon is okay, how can you possibly draw the line at one? Because who's going to stop them? Once, once you take away the idea of restrictions, who's going to stop them? I definitely, uh, you know, and I'm not saying uh, I'm right. I'm just, I'm definitely looking to hear more about this, but it, it's not making any sense to me how you can have some restrictions, but wide open to the point of that line is going to be so far out there that the only thing we're going to stop is a, a full-on hydrogen bomb or uh, a nuclear weapon of some sort. If that's where we, that's the place we're going to draw the line, but then who's going to stop them? They've got the biggest guns already, and they can say, you know what? Fuck you. I don't care what the law says. I got the biggest gun. That's what you're advocating for, isn't it? I don't know. How does that work? I would love to see uh, a, a plan that actually makes sense of that and how you can say we. <laughs> We have pockets of lawlessness around, the, but we don't have what we had in the 19th century, which was the fastest gun rules everything, and you have no recourse, no law and order. It's not an old argument. Uh, it's 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 something that we don't really. It's an argument we never really, or a debate we never really had in full, is where we draw the line with the Second Amendment, uh, and there are some people now. You are don't seem to be one of them. Because there are some people who say there are should be no lines, the nuclear weapons, none of it. No, you don't draw a line any place. Now you're saying the line should be drawn at, at nuclear weapons, although you're okay with a nuclear reactor. That puts you at odds with those people who are saying no, nuclear weapons are fine too. Anything, no, no limit, no limit. Is there going to be a limit? Now, you have a limit that's farther out than mine, obviously, but you do still have a limit, which was nuclear weapons, right? But there are people who don't have that limit. So we have to kind of get to some place. It's, it's, and to say it's an old argument 
it's an unsettled argument. Obviously, it needs to be settled. We need to have some kind of understanding of where we're going with this, right? Don't we? Or we're just going to let it just sit out there, the elephant in the room that's never going to get resolved. And some people will take the law into their own hands. And we're, we're all armed now. F-16s and nukes are, what is this? We're all armed now. F-16s and nukes are straw man arguments. Blood isn't running down the streets everywhere. I'm not armed now. Um, no, to say we're all armed now. Uh, no, and I don't think F-16s and, and nukes are straw man arguments. Obviously, uh, somebody blew off an ordinance that can't be explained uh, 20 miles from my house, um, and uh, they're looking into whether it might have been an experimental reactive device. Uh so no, I I disagree that that uh, nukes are a strong man argument. It's I think it's quite obvious and and without a doubt that there are certain factions of private people who are in pursuit of nukes. Now F sixteens, you have to be able to fly one, obviously, uh, and to own one would be millions and millions of dollars. But the idea that uh, yeah, I agree. Our, our opinions are uh, different. That's fine. But I, I want to understand more. I, I don't want to, just because we, we are, seem to be at lockheads here, doesn't mean the discussion has to stop. I want to understand how, <laughs> how the idea that more guns make us more or safer in everybody's hands. Because I think you would agree with me that, um, not everybody, uh, <laughs> Not everybody. I would say a great deal of the population is psychologically damaged. There are people I know who should not have guns. There are people I know who should. I, and I kind of told this story somewhere along the line to other people. And I know I've told it on the air a few, uh, couple of times. I have a relative who held a small town police department at bay for three days, locked himself in his house uh, with uh, a stockade of weapons uh, after he went to the government to sue for a psychological uh, disability. He wanted Social Security uh, uh, disability to pay for his psychiatric disability so he didn't have to work. So the government granted him his psych deferment, uh, basically a, a payment because he claimed and had medical people back up. He had a psychiatric disability and couldn't work. Went to the government to prove that and still was able to amass enough weaponry to hold his police department at bay for three days. Now, you're going to argue that uh, people that uh, went to court to prove that they were fucking crazy, went to the court to prove they were crazy, should be able to have whatever weapon they want. Uh, uh, well, you, uh, again, I'm explaining pretty clearly. Agreed. Who, but who's to be trusted to decide who the haves and have-nots are? I love it, but I really need to go to work. Okay, go to go to work. I appreciate your input, but I'm telling you for a fact, this guy, this one incident, this guy, my relative, went to court to prove he was crazy. 
he's the one who should be in that fact is saying I'm too crazy to have a gun. But the, the state still allowed him to get as much weaponry as he desired to hold off a police department at bay for three days. Now, I think you're you you're agreed, but who trusted to decide who they have and have? I think you're agreeing with me at least on the that that guy should not have a gun. Well, if that guy's not alone. He's not the only crazy fucker out there. So at some point, we have to say that at, le- at least agree that having everybody armed means a lot of crazy fucking people are going to be armed with guns. If you have no restrictions. And how many of how much of society is actually damaged enough in that regard? Listen, we have. You don't have to be uh, a sociologist to recognize that there are a great percentage of the population has mental uh, issues, issues with their mental stability. But even more people are just compromised, meth addicts. You know, on every meth head, look at look at the zombies walking around, the meth heads, uh, people who are just they're so addicted to that that their teeth are falling out of their head and they uh, do some really crazy shit. All those people should be able to have whatever weapon they can get their hand on, or are we agreeing that there should be some restrictions? So some of those, <laughs> and where are where does that line get drawn? Now, this is a a legitimate discussion to be having that we can disagree and, and civilly disagree. And I appreciate your, your comments and your opinions on that. Um, but I think even at, at some point you have to agree that not everybody can have a gun. And if we agree that not everybody should have a gun, there are a lot of people who are fucking psychologically damaged, crazy fucking people, not just in America, all over the world. So if we agree that some of them can't have guns, then we we have to decide where that line gets drawn, exactly to your point. How do, who is trusted to decide who are the haves and have-nots? Well, in that case, it's the guy who goes to court to prove he's fucking crazy to get his disability payment. That should be an easy one. But we can't even agree on that. You can't even get the Second Amendment people, uh, the hardcore Second Amendment people, to agree that that guy should be restricted from having guns, even though he went to court to prove he's fucking too crazy to have a job, not too crazy to have a gun. That one guy. So if we take that one guy and we we come to an agreement that he should not have a gun, then we have to consider where else else does that line go and, and where does it go? Now, I think I answered your question to who's to decide. In that case, I think he put the onus on himself by saying, I'm too crazy to work. Well, if you're too crazy to work, you're probably too fucking crazy to have a fucking any rifle, any kind of weapon you want. There it is. I don't know. Well, I appreciate the good the uh, good feedback there. And I will, I will take your uh, comments to heart, Chad, and I will think about them. Um, again, I think we've had examples of, of that. Notice the rest of the room has gotten pretty silent. <laughs> uh Rappler says boys and their toys. Now that's as confusing. Uh not really. I, I understand uh 
You're not getting rid of 300 million guns. I I, I agree with that. I I don't want to do a gun grab. That's not what I'm saying. And and I I appreciate your comment there, Rappler32. There's no getting rid of 300 million guns, unfortunately. Maybe it's time to uh, re-legalize a gentleman's duel. See? Now, that didn't work out too well. (laughs) But that, no, I agree. That's where we're headed. Uh, And I Chad has one more. Yes, sir. Crazy people shouldn't be on with a peace shooter. We aren't as far as part of the town. No, I, I agree on that. But again, to your comment, who decides that? Well, in that case, he decided it. So, it sh- but it didn't. It did. The government didn't stop him from getting guns. It should have been, and, I, and that was shouldn't have been a government call. He made the line that said, "I'm too fucking crazy to work," and the government said, "Still, that's fine. Go get, get all the guns you want." That that's a problem. Uh, uh, what is Craig, uh, Craig Johnson saying? Along those lines, they have been folks to get a hold of guns anyway. Restrictions and no, you're right. This is the problem. I think. Listen, I'm not saying the gun gun condition uh, condition uh, situation is easy easily solvable. There's lots and lots of complications here, as everybody's pointing out. You're absolutely right. Uh, what are you saying? It worked for about half the participants. <laughs> Gentlemen, so yeah, uh, not I would say less than half because there were lots of times when both guys ended up dead. Um, you know, just think about it. Two two guys who were really good with guns, just because you're getting shot and you're both shooting at the same time, doesn't mean you're going to win. <laughs> A lot of duels uh, uh, ended up as a stalemate where both people died. So I would probably say less than half, but I get your point. Yeah. It it worked for half. Uh, But you know, where we measure sanity and where that actually falls and who's responsible for that. Now uh, we're really quick to claim insanity when we, uh, when when we want to get away with something Uh, temporarily insanity or all all that kind of stuff is a good excuse for breaking the law in a lot of places, a way that people like to get off the hook. But I don't know. I don't think arming everybody, uh, unrestricted Second Amendment, which means absolutely no restrictions, anybody can get any weapon they want, anybody. That's the part of it. I don't have any problem with... uh, Responsible people having weaponry. Responsible, normal, same people. But how do you figure out? And that's a very good point that Chad brought up. Who's to determine who's too crazy to have a gun? You can't trust the courts to do that, obviously, because that's all. If they have that power, that's all they need to do a gun grab and take guns away from everybody. If the courts have a problem to say, you're too fucking crazy to have a gun. then they could do that to anybody and everybody and can do the gun grab stuff. Uh, well, you, you have a great day too. A great weekend guys. Uh, every, you know, everybody who has to leave, I appreciate you being here and spending some time with me and have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy it as well. Been uh, food for thought here, but there are no easy, uh, the, the bottom line is there's no easy solution to the gun problem. And I think we have to acknowledge there is a gun problem when there are Children bringing guns to school and killing people. Uh, there's a problem. There's a psychological problem first uh, that these kids are so broken that they feel the need to do that, but they have also have access to it in some way. So that means uh, it, if 
either they got the guns illegally because, you know, teenagers buying weapons, I don't know the legality of that, but I would think, uh, well, thank you. Thank you. You like the, the glasses very much. They are, they are for seeing. Uh, where was I going? <laughs> um, where was I? Um, I don't know. I don't know where I was. Uh, the, the whole idea of unrestricted, everybody should have guns is a tough one. Oh, kids with guns. Now, a lot of times, and I don't know if it's the case in the most recent school shooting, a lot of times those kids are getting guns from gun owners who are not responsible in securing those guns. So, I, I, you know, the question would be then, and I think probably the guys I was talking to about this, no, I don't have a gun. Uh, I've had guns in the past. I don't have one currently. Uh, doesn't mean uh, I'm not safe. <laughs> it doesn't mean I feel quite safe in my little compound here. Uh, I don't have a gun. But I'm not against guns at all. I'm not an anti-gun person. I'm just thinking that there are people who shouldn't have guns. And here's the question I have for people. If a gun owner is so careless with their guns that they let a child get a hold of their gun and take it to school, should that be a reason to take that person's gun rights away? In other words, you were a gun owner, a responsible gun owner, or, or, or an irresponsible gun owner who got guns legally, failed to secure it properly, and let it fall into the hands of your children or neighbor children or, or somebody got hold of your gun. That pretty much indicts you as not being secure enough, not being responsible with that gun. So in that case, are you okay with that person, that singular person losing their gun rights? It would seem common sense, something we could all agree on. If you let your child get a hold of your gun to take it to school and kill people with it, should you be allowed to have more guns? You've already proven that you can't be trusted with it. You can't secure it properly. You can't be responsible for it. Uh, oh, I got to hear what uh, stroke my bristle cactus. I get, it's a tough uh, We got some comments. The kid's uh, dad had just bought the gun. The kid posted it on social media right after his dad got it. Thank you for that information. I'm not up on this case, and I need to get more up on this case. With a caption like, look at my new beauty or, or something similar. Wow. So, uh, was the father responsible for letting that kid, in your view, was the resp father responsible for letting that kid get to uh, the gun? I think it should be a law to probably properly secure the gun, but nothing is in place like that. So, situations like this will continue. I, get, I agree. Now, the question is, should there be, and I think, uh, or it sounds like you would agree with me, that there should be some way to say, you know what? And you can't do it until the it damage has already been happened. Already happened. You can't convict. Or you can't just say, "Well, you don't look like an irresponsible person." But once somebody is, has demonstrated that they are irresponsible and let their child get a hold of their gun and take it to school, then I think it, oh, it seemed like a no brainer to say the law should step in at that point and say, "You." already demonstrated you can't be trusted with guns we're taking your gun rights away sorry but gun rights uh the second amendment only goes so far and it 
people who can't be trusted with securing their guns and like kids take it to school to go shoot up other kids. I think that's a good place to say that's where we draw our limit on the Second Amendment. You've already proven you can't be responsible with your weapon. I think that makes sense, but we won't be able to agree on that. You will find hardcore gun rights people will say, fuck that, man. That, that's just one step more towards taking my gun away. Grab And, man, you know, we talk about... Does the gun make you feel more secure? Well, if it does, why are you so worried about me taking it away from you? Because if you have it, you should be feeling secure that I can't take it away from you. <laughs> but why are you so nervous, man? You, you, the gun is what's giving you security, right? You got it. I don't know. No. Uh, and again, I'm not anti-gun people. I, know, I have lots of friends who have stockades of, uh, have lots of ammunition, uh, uh, Ordnance, lots of rifles and, and pistols and all that kind of stuff. I don't anymore, and I'm not against having one. Uh, I didn't have one in the house because I did have my grandson was living with me for a while, and I did not want to be uh, taking a chance that somehow, even though if I locked it up completely while I was out, somehow he would find a way to break in, get it. You know, kids can be very resourceful. So my own, for my own personal preference was not to have guns in the house while I have kids in the house. I uh, don't have kids in the house anymore, and so nothing's stopping me generally from now from owning a gun. I don't feel the need to have a gun right now. Uh, what does it say? Apparently, uh, they had a meeting with the parents at school administration. Yeah, the same day. I heard that much about this case, that the the kid was a troubled kid and his parents were called to the school to discuss his behavioral problems the very same day. Now, if that doesn't, that also adds to, uh, yeah, about his behavior. That also adds to the argument that these parents were negligent because they knew they knew they had a kid who had behavioral problems and still failed to secure their guns. So, and and I think you have to really kind of break because when, the law always when the, when the discussion happens, we start to make it too vague and say we're looking at a societal problem. But and so when we talk about isolated cases like this, they will say, "Well, you got to dismiss it. You can't go case by case." But I think you have to go case by case to say where the precedent is. Now, these people seem to be the textbook case for what I'm talking about. They own the gun. Uh, didn't, a, obviously, a gun that uh, had the capacity to be uh, dangerous in the wrong hands, most guns do. <laughs> Derringer, maybe not. I don't know. But they knew the capacity for uh, homicide was in their house. They knew they had a kid who had behavioral problems and tough time at school. And they still was, are irresponsible enough for this kid, as you mentioned, to be able to get a hold of that gun two weeks earlier, post pictures of it on social media, had no clue their kid's doing this, right? Or did they have a clue? I don't know. But if they, if they had a clue, that makes it even worse. But just the irresponsibility of it, sorry, dude, you lost your rights to guns forever. You should probably go to jail for negligence. For, you know, or at least be sued to the hill, lose everything you have by the families who lost their kids because you let your kid get a hold of your gun and take it to school. 
They're saying they might have had the gun during the meeting. Wow. Wait a minute. They took the gun to school? What, the, the parents took the gun to school? That seemed bizarre. Oh, he might have had the gun during that meeting. The kid might have had. It. Wow, uh, it's a, I got a I got a. There's a CNN story he linked to. I will, which is an Oxford High School shooting superintendent message. I will look at that. Again, I'm not. I admit I'm pretty ignorant about this particular case, and I need to get up to scale on it. Where I started today was, um, calling myself out for being part of society that this isn't the biggest story in the world. We've become desensitized to kids killing each other in school. And I think that that's what we'll end it for this Friday. Um, you know, with that kind of thought in mind is that uh, too common to the point where 20, 30 years ago, if this would have happened when Columbine happened, it would dominated the news cycle as the top story for weeks. Now it happens and it didn't even crack the top news of the week because we were talking about abortion. We're talking about Jizzy Maxwell. <laughs> uh, Ghislaine. I'll say her name right once. Ghislaine. I'll call her Jizzy. She's always always been Jizzy. My Jizzy. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the other stuff. And so that stuff, we've become desensitized. Three kids get killed at school. It's like, oh, again, again, that again. We're still on that. Um, so thank you for all your conversation this morning. A lot for me to think about here, but, um, yeah, my own, my own point was about the second amendment stuff and how I got into that was because of the email I got. I don't know who the person who, uh, what the person who emailed me, fuck you dope was angry about. I thought it might be some of the comments I had made about the second amendment, not being, a blank and open document that anybody can have anything. And I know some people disagree with me on that. And uh, think some of the arguments I made, some of the bigger things like uh, nukes out there and advanced planes and all that kind of stuff jets, are a straw man. But again, I had an incident last just a week ago, five days ago, well, it might have been a small nuke device. It certainly there was a small mushroom cloud of, over it, tiny mushroom cloud, but a mushroom cloud nonetheless over on Fox Island, twenty-five miles from my home, and the FBI is looking into that as a possible rehearsal for a bigger terrorist attack. So I don't think bringing up nuclear weapons in the context of the Second Amendment, is is all that far-fetched, especially the farther along society uh, progresses. It's only a matter of time, folks, before private citizens will have the ability to create and detonate some sort of nuclear device, whether it's a dirty bomb, nuclear material in it, some sort of nuclear device. The will is out there. The, the information is not that hard to get, especially if you're on, the, you're on the dark web. So it's only a matter of time before somebody will seek that. And so do we want to make it legal? 
is that what is that what the argument is? The Second Amendment should include all that because if that's what the argument is, I'm lost. I am I am the only person on an island unto himself. Then, if that's the uh, who thinks that's just insanity, I you know I look at my neighborhood. My neighborhood is full of fucking crazy people. We had you know guns going off in in the middle of a Sunday morning two weeks ago up here where you know. We thought somebody thought they might be hunters in a residential neighborhood. Definitely uh, rifle blasts of some kind early Sunday morning. But my neighborhood is full of fucking crazy people. (laughs) You might say that I'm one. But people, I would not be comfortable uh, knowing they were armed to the hilt. Uh, Dog day afternoon. And uh, that North Hollywood shootout stuff. uh, Those guys... The cops were were impotent against those. Um, what was Rappler two thirty two saying probably an air fuel bomb at all of the Nashville Christmas bomb, all the rage with the McVeigh McVeigh types these days. Yeah, uh, and so that's what uh, uh, that's pretty much what the FBI is thinking that. But they were thinking what happened by by me, and it happened. On a Sunday morning on a deserted island out in the middle of the bay there, and they're thinking that it was a rehearsal for something bigger. They just wanted to see, you know, how quickly they could get away with it, uh, get away from it. Could they detonate it safely and all that kind of stuff. So I, what it actually was, I don't know. You, you could be right about that. Probably an air fuel bomb, uh, which I'm not. I'm not educated enough to comment on even what that is. But uh, there were—I know there was a small mushroom cloud, which alerted a lot, got a lot of people very nervous, uh, and it shook. It shook the entire south shore of the island, which is ninety miles long, and it shook it all the way to the north shore of the island in some places, which is thirty-five miles wide. So it was a strong enough bomb to leave a crater, not a huge crater, uh, probably four by six uh, by another three or four feet deep, but a. a a substantial crater on that small island. So whatever it was, was powerful enough to cause some damage if they figure out what they really want to do it. Now, it might have just been some kids playing bomb. You know, they had enough stuff to put together a bomb and a boat. and Let's just play and not think it was going to be as big as it was or get as much attention as it did. Uh, Could have been that. But the point remains is I think... Most sane people would agree that the Second Amendment needs some limitation. Now, where that limitation would be uh, is something we really need to have a civilized discussion about and figure out where where we want to be as a society. Do we want to be the Old West, where the only thing that you can uh, rely on? So you might as well defund the police at that point. If you're going to rely on your own gun for your own personal security, and that's and you're going to have to spend all your time and money making sure you have as much guns as the uh, people you're afraid of, uh, it's going to be an endless and some game of who can have the most weaponry. If that's the society we want, and we agree on that, uh, I guess okay. I'll have to. Uh, move, escalate my plans on dying or moving to Belize, if that's the case, because that's not the part of the world. I, that's not the world I want to belong in. It's not a kind of country I want to live in where I have to kind of constantly put all my resources into uh, arming myself and basically 
create a small army to defend myself from the world and from my neighbors. That's what we're talking about with no limits to the uh, Second Amendment. So good discussion. Glad to uh, have your input today. I'll be back Monday again. Mike Grief, comedian, will be calling in around 10 o'clock hour on Monday morning. I uh, look forward to hopefully seeing some of you people back then. Uh, it's been a lively discussion. Lots of stuff to think about. I appreciate uh, the comments. Uh, agreeing and disagreeing with me, all of it is good stuff uh, and Good stuff for me to think about. Good stuff for the world to think about. Uh, and glad we could have the conversation. So uh, thanks for coming. Um, and uh, I guess have a great day for now uh, and a great weekend. And I'll see you Monday morning. Thanks for coming. Till Monday, I'm Matt Napo for Coffee with the Dog. <laughs> see you. Bye.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.